We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, everybody. It is Tuesday, December 19th. This is the award-winning Roto-Wire Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. I'm Dr. A. That is Mark Schwartz, formerly of ESPN, all-star reporter, fantasy basketball, fantasy sports legend in my mind. Uh, we played a lot of fantasy uh, sports together, and we're going to talk fantasy hoops right after this jam. Mark, what is happening, man? Doc, things are great. Retirement is incredible. I'm seeing music on the weekly. And uh, I got two grandkids now. So, you know, it just doesn't get any better than that. You're you're brimming. You're you're exuding <laughs> elation right now. I, I can tell you're you've never been happier. Like not working and not having to report to anyone, not having uh, that responsibility must be a pretty cool, pretty cool feeling. It's incredibly liberating. <laughs> I highly recommend it at some point for everybody. <laughs> uh, for those of you who don't know, Mark was at ESPN for a long time. I think what, I, what any you actually, I think, contacted me one time with a fancy basketball question. And I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I know this name. And I was like, wait, is this Mark Schwartz from ESPN? You're like, yeah. And then we ended up in some leagues together. We made an epic hockey trade. I, Mark got me into hockey when the uh, NBA was shut down one year. So we, I played some hockey, helped him out with his, with his keeper team, and some trades. Um, do, do you have a favorite story or a favorite time from when you were at ESPN that, that sticks out for you? I, I know that um, when the whole Penn State Joe Paterno thing went down, you were camped out in front of Joe's house for, for a week. It felt like, and there's constant reports. And I, you were on my TV constantly. I'm like, oh, there's my friend Mark. Uh, but what, what are, what are a couple of your favorites? Well, you know, it was incredible covering Penn State because you had a very insular little town um, in State College, Pennsylvania, where so many of the people's lives revolved around that story and that school and you're right i was outside joe paterno's house doing a live shot which is a hard thing to do when people are watching anyway but these people were all looking at me with needles 
And, you know, they said, how's it going out there, Mark? And I said, you know what? The people in this town are really angry at us right now for being here. And I understand that. And once I said that, the whole crowd kind of softened. You know, I was like, wow, this guy's a human being. <laughs> but, um, I mean, I've been, I, I can't even, we, we don't have enough time. But, you know, Mike Tyson once told me to get the F out of his gym. Uh, he was face to face with me. He thought I was defying him. I went back in to get my bag and he and I were standing, you know, within a foot of each other. He said, I thought I told you to get the F out of my gym. <laughs> I said, I am. I just had to get my computer. <laughs> um, and, you, you know, we talked a little bit before the show. You're you're still playing fantasy sports. That's still one of your music and fantasy sports are your things. That's sort of what my things are, too. Probably why we get along. Um, Got to be it. Are you, a, is Fantasy Hoops your favorite Your favorite one? It is. You know, I'm the commissioner of uh, hockey, hoops, football, and baseball. They all have incredibly different, you know, feels to them and demands to them. But, you know, our basketball league is just epic. And, you know, when I beat my son on the final day coming from hundreds of points behind with 88 from Austin Reeves and 97 from um, Amir Coffey on a Sunday. That was probably the greatest moment in fantasy sports for me ever. Amir Coffey, baby. That's awesome. Remember that game? Folger. Uh, they call him a... Folger Soldier? Folger Soldier, yeah. Yeah, he had a good game the other day, and I was like, where's the Fol Folger Soldier been? Yeah, I'm playing my son this week in our in our little in our rock and roll league uh, with all those rock stars in it. Now he's he's got a good team this year, but uh, man, I need I need Wembenyana to get out there. Speaking of which, uh, Mark, let's let's jump into some of this news from a from a relatively very busy Monday night. Um, first of all, this Wembenyama, Chet Holmgren, Phenom race for rookie of the year has been pretty fun it's probably been the most fun uh, i've had following something like this since luca and trey were traded for each other although this one's even better than that i think uh chet holmgren has 34 points 17 rebounds and 15 blocks over his last two games uh wimby is taking tonight off that is killer because they only played three games this week anyway, I think, and now it's going to make it two. Uh, and when he missed it, when he missed the game last time, they were in the middle of a two-game week, so his two-game week became a one-game week. Mm. Uh, but Wimby, when he plays, he's been awesome. Chet is on fire right now. And uh, what, what's your take on Chet and Wimby? Well, you know, Chet, when he hit that three to put that game against Golden State in overtime, I mean, I just my respect level for him grew infinitely. I mean, that guy is just an incredible baller. And what a great pick and certainly, you know, worth waiting for if you had him in fantasy last year as a keeper, which one of the guys in my league did. He just held him. And it turns out brilliant. And then he drafted Wemby in the second round this year. So he's got both of those dudes. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I thought I was smart. And I picked Cade Cunningham ahead of Wemby. And I was like, I can't believe that dude picked Wemby when Cade Cunningham was on the board. And you know what? I mean, right now I'm probably going to take an L for that, even though Cade went crazy last night. But Wemby, since Pop moved him closer to the basket, 
I mean, that to me has been a game changer. I'm just stunned that it took Pop this many weeks to figure that out. Well, I mean, we I have a different guest on this podcast every Tuesday. <laughs> and every Tuesday we, we try to figure out, is has Pop lost it? Is Pop just a professional tanker at this point? Hell no. Uh, is Pop, like, what is, what are they doing in San Antonio? Because a lot of people are mad that Sohan is starting at point guard instead of Trey Jones. Yeah. Uh, for the first couple weeks, it was Zach right. Collins out there in the middle, and now it's Wimby. So I, I don't know. I don't really know what Pop is doing, honestly. I can tell you he's not tanking. I mean, that guy is ruthlessly competitive. And, you know, Sohan at point guard is just as head scratching as Wemby, you know, out on the floor hoisting threes all the time. So, yeah, I mean, I have to question some of his police work there, as they say in Fargo. But uh, I don't know. I mean, right now, things are going to be better. And But they really do need to find a legitimate point guard. You know, they should assign Tyus Jones. Uh, yeah, and... You know, we're going to get to the Wizards in a minute because that is something that is mind-boggling to me as well. Hey, everybody, it's Mark Schwartz, Dr. A, Mark Schwartz, formerly of ESPN. We're talking fantasy hoops. Uh, John Morant, Mark, is coming back tonight. Today's the day. Sweet. He's going to play on Tuesday, make his debut after a 25-game suspension. Do you have any shares of John Morant in your fantasy leagues and – whether you do or not, what are you what are you looking for tonight? I'm looking for a high wire act that nobody else can perform. I'm looking for 30 points, 10 assists, 11 rebounds. I mean, I'm not saying he's going to do that from the jump, but he's going to try to do that from the jump. And he's probably going to jump over somebody's head like he always does. I mean, you know, last year, a guy in my league who was new to the league drafted Ja and Zion with his first two picks. And I said, dude, you are such a beginner. But you know what? <laughs> if they stayed healthy, that's like the most fun duo you can get. You know, like who wants to see, you know, Embiid uh, backing down people? I mean, I'd rather see Zion and Ja flying in the air. So I get that. But I mean, Ja is because of the style of play. He will go down in a in a he will crumple in a heap, and unfortunately, especially the fact that he hasn't played all year, I do worry about that factor. But I'm I I love Bain with a passion, and I also love Triple J with a passion, and I think people are worried about them now. Like, oh wow, Jaw's going to take all of the goodies. Heck no! I mean, Bain is a brilliant playmaker. You know, and Bain has learned a lot about how to play in this league with Jaw on the sideline. And he's always been great when Jaw's been out. So I'm looking forward to see if Memphis can actually put something together because they have so much talent in that top three. So they're six to 19. Um, here, here's my thoughts on Jaw coming back. I feel like a little bit like your Mike Tyson story. I feel like John Morant's been locked in a cage like a angry tiger yeah. for three months and he's going to come out and just, you know, like when you give your dog a bath and you let it, it's he's wet and you let him outside and he just goes running out the yard and just goes ballistic. Like I kind of feel like, like Jaw's going to come out and just start throwing down on everybody in his way. He's probably going to be so amped up. The first game could be a little shaky, but 
eventually he's just going to start destroying people. And then I think this opens things up for Triple J, opens things up for Desmond Bain. Yep. Um, and I think Memphis is going to be highly focused and try to try to work their way back into this playoff hunt. Uh, I'm kind of excited to see John Morant. I've got a I've got a little uh, over under prop bet going with John Morant tonight at Underdog that we'll talk about when we're done with this news. Uh, so yeah, I think both of us are excited about John. Uh, Bradley Beal out for a couple more weeks now with an ankle sprain. He's played in six games for the Suns this season. I did not touch him anywhere. I was telling people not to touch him. His lower legs scare the crap out of me. They have for the last five years. He's never really lived up to the hype. He was an okay alpha dog. We've never really seen him as a as a you know C player. And I just, I just, it's terrible. And then you add in the fact that he's gone for two more weeks. You're like, oh, I'll pick up Grayson Allen. I'll pick up uh, Eric Gordon. Well, they only have two games this week, so that that doesn't work either. What what are your thoughts on Beal? I wish I would have called you that time when I was about to snack him, uh, grab him in the fifth round. I mean, I grabbed him in the fifth round of my draft, and I thought I was the smartest guy in the entire universe. I'm like, you know, because he was ranked very, very low on ESPN, and I just didn't understand it. I mean, if this guy was able to stay healthy. Um, I thought that this was like a steal in the fifth round. Now, the back problems are the big concern. You know, I mean, I thought that there's a chance he could be laboring with this the entire year. Now, I saw the play where he landed on DiVincenzo. I mean, guys land on people's feet in every NBA game. I mean, that's just a bad break. Um, And it was too bad because he was just coming back from the back relatively early. And so, I mean, I still hold hope that if he does not have any more nagging back issues, I think Booker and Durant are going to take full advantage of the fact that, you know, it's not bad to have that guy in the corner. And he's, he's a finisher too, you know, and he's a, he's a dog. I mean, he, he's not what people think he is. And he was the, the, the one B to John Wall for a long time. So he knows what that role is all about. And I get the sense from watching them that Durant and especially Booker really love Brad Beal. Hmm. All right. Well, maybe the, maybe the two weeks off with the ankle will allow his back to fully heal. So maybe there's that. Uh, your Detroit Pistons, Mark, I don't know if they're your Pistons or not, but they've lost 24, 24 games in a row. Uh, they lost to the Hawks last night. Your guy, Cade Cunningham, mm. scored 43 points. He's overrated. Uh, fantasy player in my opinion now in a points league he's probably pretty sweet he's probably probably pretty fun guy to to have on your roster in a in a categories league he does so many things poorly that the good kind of outweighs or the the bad kind of offsets the good he's not ranked very high he's like 15th round or whatever player um but anyway Cade was pretty awesome last night 43 and then our guy for the Hawks, Clint Capella, had 17 points, 15 boards, a steal, and three blocks. He's double doubled in three straight, five of his last seven. Uh, what do you make of any of that mess I just talked about? Well, I do think that the Pistons are a terribly flawed team, you know, and Cade Cunningham is the featured player. He's going to draw the entirety of the defensive game plan. So that's a difficult place to be in. For a guy who missed 70 games last year. 
Now, he does have some terrible flaws to his game, including his ball handling. I mean, he dribbles into situations that nobody needs mm -hmm. to dribble into. But he does make some incredible plays for other players. The problem is these other players are Alec Burks and Killian Hayes and Isaiah Stewart, and they don't often convert. Now, the guy I, I watched and the guy I drafted is Asar Thompson, too. I got him later in the keeper round for me. And he came out like a house of fire. The first few weeks for him were brilliant. And again, I felt real smart. And then Monty puts him on the bench and on ice for a while, and he really hasn't recovered from that. But in terms of just a guy who will jump out of the gym and could out-rebound just about anyone on the planet, I think that once he finds an outside shot, that's a guy that I'd want to have deep into the season when things get interesting. Capella's, you know, I think Capella is just one of the most inconsistent players in in uh, fantasy hoops. I mean, he'll give you these 17 and 15 runs for a while, but don't you think Okongu is better? And don't you think the Hawks will eventually realize like they're probably going to be better once they get Jalen back with Okongu instead of Capella? I'm surprised that, that Capella is playing as much as he is. I'm also surprised he's playing as well as he is. Uh, I was just kind of looking at his game log last night. Like, he's not really a guy I consider drafting Never. Um, this year. And you can, even though he's on fire, he, I mean, he's probably still not, he probably still doesn't have a real high price tag. If you need a center who is balling out right now, I think Capella is a, a good guy to target. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And speaking of money, and speaking of Osara Thompson, like Jaden Ivey and Osara Thompson should both be getting 32 minutes a night alongside Kate. And the fact that we're three and twenty-five or three and twenty-four, whatever their record is, and we're not playing Jaden Ivey and we're not playing Osara Thompson enough minutes, there, there's that's a problem for me. Like let the kids go out there and play. We don't. I don't need to see any more Killian Hayes. I certainly don't need to see any more Bohan Bogdanovich, for God's sake. Well, you know, the one thing they were hoping for is that Bogdanovich would spread the floor so that Thompson and Ivy would be more effective. But, you know, when Duran gets hurt, everything kind of goes to hell. And, I mean, I really think if Monty has a full, healthy cast, if he gets Duran and he's got Cade, Asar, Ivy, and, I mean, Boyan to spread the floor, 
Now, I don't know if that lineup makes sense, but those to me are probably five of their best players. And I'd like to see it. Joe Harris is actually a sneaky <laughs> guy who can make a difference spreading the floor too for them. Alec Burks was supposed to be the guy to do it. He did it for like two weeks and then he's MIA. Yeah. And uh, you, you bring up a good point. Jalen Duran goes down. I'm kind of like, okay, beef stew. Nah. Beef stew yeah. has to do it now, baby. It's no beef chance. stew time. No and way. he just can't. He can't do no. it. He's not that guy. Duran is. I mean, Duran is Durin's like stunned. Yeah. I mean, with Jalen and with Duran and Asar, that team is going to be scary on the boards. You know, they're going to clear everything. K just has to stop throwing it over people's heads. All right. Let's interrupt this news break to look at a quick question from Eon. It says, hey, Doc and Mark, trade idea. Kobe White who is on fire, by the way. What a season he is having. Insane. And Cam Thomas, who scored, what, 36 last night, I think, for yeah. Pat for Pascal Siakam straight up. Um, What are your thoughts? I'll go first, Mark. I, I think if Pascal Siakam ends up in Atlanta or stays in Toronto, I, I, I feel like, it depends on how many teams are in your league because I think you're giving up a lot of offensive firepower, especially in Mark's eyes. Uh, in a points environment, that's a lot of points to be given up. In a categories environment, you're you're helping yourself in a couple places, but it's still giving up a whole lot of firepower. Unless you've just got a guy you need to cut, I like the uh, I think I like the Kobe and Cam side of that better, just because Kobe White has been a really solid fantasy basketball point guard this year. Much better than I thought he was going to be. Well, I think both Kobe White and Cam Thomas have kind of taken this opportunity and run with it. Um, Kobe has a great chance with Levine on the sidelines. That team is a mess. You know, there's not many people playing very well for Chicago. Kobe White is probably that guy. He's playing better than Vucevic, DeRozan, and Levine put together. So, yeah, I mean, I would probably pull the trigger because I think Siakam is not happy right now in Toronto. I mean, he should have been and could have been a guy they built around, but they've gone in a different direction. I feel like his days in Toronto are numbered. And so who knows if he lands in a place like you're talking about, Atlanta, who knows how that will go. So I, Cam Thomas is crazy. I mean, I had him a little bit last year. I mean, that guy just won't quit shooting, and he's making them. So I would strike while the fire is hot. I'd probably do it. So you would trade Pascal Siakam to get those two guys? I would. Yeah, okay. That's I can't great. believe I'm saying that. Uh, we, uh, we both said the same thing. I'm, I'm generally a get-the-best-player-in-the-deal guy. Yeah. Even if you're giving up two to get one, make sure the one you're getting is the best player in the deal, which generally speaking – Siakam is for sure, but I don't. I like I like what Kobe and Cam potentially are going to do for the rest of the season. So I'm I'm with you on that one. Uh, the LA Clippers have won eight games in a row, mm. and they went zero and five, and now they've gone eight and zero since the whole James Harden thing. I think is what happened. Uh, Harden had 35 last night. He was making snow angels uh, on the court on his back after the game. Uh, During the game. Oh, during the game. Yeah. During the game. After he scored 18 uh, points in the fourth quarter. 
Uh, is this is this thing going to work? Are you scared of the Clippers? Well, you know, I have seen Harden poison so many wells that when he first came over to the Clippers and they were losing every single night, I was really having secret schadenfreude about that. You know, <laughs> it wasn't even that secret. Um, I thought, like, this guy is just going to kill another team. And, you know, like Brian Windhorst said it best, you know, Harden will win every time he holds out or refuses to play for a team. It has never not worked for James Harden. And so why would he stop doing what he's doing? His playbook works. But in terms of on the floor, I've changed 180 degrees on the Clippers. I've never really been enamored with the Clippers. I always felt they were overrated. People would always say, you know, like on Inside the NBA, the Clippers are the team to beat in the West. They've been saying that for four years, and it's been so wrong. And now, for the first time, I'm finally seeing it. And they're finally fun to watch because I think Harden, you know, I didn't believe all the garbage about, well, we're just kind of learning each other and we're, we're figuring it out. We have a long way to go. The, the end product's going to be amazing to see. He's been promising that. And you know what? It's sort of arriving because Kawhi is healthy and he's playing like I haven't seen him play back to backs. And Paul George is just a killer. And, you know, Harden, when he is the man, is not the guy you want on your team. He should have been great last year with Embiid. Um, I wasn't as high on him in the days in Brooklyn because Kyrie was there. And that was too problematic to have both of them. <laughs> but I think with Kawhi and Paul George, those guys are ballers. They just want to win. And I think for the first time, Ty Lue might have a team that's capable of pulling off a deep playoff run. I have two, two things about this. One, Russell Westbrook <laughs> has sort of swallowed his whistle, I guess. I mean, I don't know what to say. Like he's, he's accepted his role and yes. is playing good soldier. And I think is also helping that team come together and play better. Also. I mean, I think you add him into the mix along with those big three that, that he's highly responsible for what's going on right now. Um, and the other thing I was going to say has completely left me and slipped my mind. So I'm going to, I'm going to leave it there, but I Westbrook deserves some credit there too. And then Benedict Matherin for the Pacers had 34 points last night. Uh, are you a Matherin uh, disciple? Are you a freak? I was so high on him during the tournament. He was my favorite player that year in the tournament. I said, I've got to have that guy. I was sure he was going to be a killer. And, you know, I haven't been all that impressed. Um, I feel like, I mean, obviously last night he went off. But in general, I'm not sure that he his shot is really anything that scares you, you know, as an outside shooter. Um, I feel like he's part of a rotation, but I don't feel like he's a featured player in Indiana right now. I mean, he could be, but you know, I mean, Halliburton's an equal opportunity uh, distributor. And I mean, he made Obi Toppin look like Sean Marion there for a while. So, <laughs> I mean, if Matherin plays hard 
he has a chance to be something, but I don't see him as a breakout player at all. Um, I like him. I like him a lot. He had 30 on December 11th. He had 34 last night. He had six the game before, to your point. That was against those defensive-minded, suddenly incredible Minnesota Timberwolves. Um, So I'm a big Matherin guy. I think we should be picking up Matherin. We need to get Buddy Heald out of the way. That's that's where it starts. Um, Also, the Pacers, losers of Five, no. They lost the championship game to the Lakers in the in-season tournament. Yep. Then they beat Detroit Pistons, and they've lost four in a row since then. So they've lost uh, five of their last six games after waltzing through that tournament like it was buttered bread. So I hopefully the Pacers get it turned around because that's, that's one of my squads. I love Tyrese. I love their mix of old and new. I like what Rick Carlisle's just – Forget about defense. Just get out there and run to our strengths. They're, they're pretty fun. But uh, Halliburton is a transcendent player. And, you know, I mean, I was lucky as hell that he lasted. I had the 11th pick. And believe it or not, Lillard goes ninth. I was bummed. Curry goes 10th. <laughs> and there's Halliburton in a league where three-point shots are everything in my points format. And I just scooped Halliburton up and said, thank you very much. And, you know, I'm one of those guys, when I hear TNT say, well, this is the first time that Halliburton has ever been on TNT. I'm like, you guys should have kept that to yourselves. That's <laughs> nothing to be proud of. You know, and, and like the national, you know, I used to be part of it, but the national media gets on there and says, you know, this Tyrese Halliburton, is a really good player. Have you seen him play? No, I have never seen him play. You know, like <laughs> Jokic last year. Well, I wasn't familiar with his game until he won the second MVP. Like, come on, get That's with it. Funny, but you know, when he got traded to Indianapolis to Indiana, I have you know that's where I'm from. A lot of friends, and I was getting a lot of text messages like, "Is is Halbert any good? Like, we just get screwed on this trade because." Sabonis is so good. I mean, no, dude, you guys killed that trade. I can't believe Sacramento traded Tyrese Halliburton. Now, to their credit, Deer and Fox is playing well. Their whole franchise has turned around, um, has a totally different mindset than it had when when Tyrese got traded. But still, man, that's they're going to look back on that one day and be like, uh, yeah, it helped us, but it it also hurts a little bit. So. A uh, couple more things. Bam Adebayo, heroic triumphant return last night. I didn't know when he was coming back, Mark. I was scared he was going to miss a lot of time, but he's back. Um, Tyler Hero, after missing, I think, 18 games, he was back. Um, they both played pretty well for the Heat last night. How good are the Heat now that they're healthy again? And and where are you with Jaime Jaquez? You know, the one thing... I noticed about Hawkes last night was he had four fouls that was in the box. I don't know if he had them early enough in the game where it was a problem, but he played 30 minutes. That was the most minutes on Spoles bench last night was Hawkes, you know, more than Josh Richardson, um, you know, certainly more than Duncan Robinson. So, I mean, that's revealing to me. I mean, it could have been a matchup thing, but Hawkes is a heat kind of player. I mean, he, he, he would fit in with any team, 
but the Heat identified him because he does so many things well. Um, the guy I really love on that team, and I know probably this is not a take that most people would agree with, is Caleb Martin. I mean, you saw him against Boston in the playoffs. I mean, that guy can ball. And that's all he's done for the last two weeks. Now, he had a very bad game last night. His shot wasn't falling. And Spo didn't play him as much late. But I think he's won that starting job over Highsmith for sure. And, you know, the only thing is there's a lot of mouths to feed. But you got the master puppet master in Spo. I mean, nobody coaches better than that guy. I mean, he doesn't need Jimmy and Bam and Hero to play every night. He just doesn't. Yeah. I mean, he gets it done with this other cast of characters, and they have a lot of great weapons. And I wouldn't want anybody else to run my team, especially a team like that. Well, your guy who couldn't make a shot last night was actually in my FanDuel lineup and kind of ruined that whole that whole thing. But like you said, man, he, he's he's kind of a dog. Like he goes after it, both ends of the court. Caleb Martin is all hustle all the time, probably available in a bunch of leagues too. Like I, I think he's worth worth looking at. I mean, he's going to start for the Heat, and then Hawkes. I mean, he just looks like he belongs out there with the starters. He looks like he fits in. He looks like a team leader. He p- plays with confidence. He can fit in anywhere. He got thirty minutes, even with Bam and Harrow back. I mean, the the world is his oyster. Um, I, I think. Initially, I thought Hakez was going to go away, but now I don't think he's going to. He's he's locked in, and he's going to end up being a huge part of that Heat team for years to come, probably. They're going to sell a lot of Hakez jerseys. They will. And, you know, Jimmy can't stay healthy, so there's going to be minutes. There's going to be hidden minutes for people like Duncan Robinson and Josh Richardson just because Jimmy's not going to play more than 65 games. That was the point I was going to make about the Clippers. Let's let's go back that, there real quick. I feel like the whole mindset of the NBA has changed. And I, I'm going to call it the Mikhail Bridges effect. Like, instead of these guys competing to see how many games they can not play, like Anthony Davis and LeBron and Kawhi Leonard and all, all these guys who sit out all these games, I feel like Anthony Davis this year is like, no, I'm playing. And Kawhi is like, no, I'm going to play. And even Kyrie, if Kyrie was healthy, Kyrie has not been healthy this year. He's been playing through a a pretty bad foot injury, really got jacked up the other night. But I think if Kyrie was healthy, he'd be like, yep, I'm going to be out there. I'm going to help Luke. I feel like these guys have changed the mindset a little bit and are not so bent on making sure they miss so many games. Now, Jimmy Butler's a different story. I think he's, Jimmy's going to miss a game a week just to be, just keep his body right for the playoffs. But a lot of these guys are, are – Anthony Davis in particular is really trying not to miss games. Well, I the one thing I disagree with is that it's not the players who have been advocating for load management. I mean, even Anthony Davis. I know he goes to the locker room more than anybody has ever gone to the locker room, including the trainers. But, you know, these guys don't want to sit if they don't have to sit. I mean, they love to play, but the – training staffs and the conditioning people have told the teams, look, you're going to get more out of Anthony Davis if he sits every four games than if he plays 82 games. Kawhi Leonard, he can't do it on his knee. 
you know, and now they're giving them the green light. The, the rule in the NBA has helped this, but I have never blamed the players for load management. Uh, Isaiah Hartenstein, nine points, 17 rebounds, two steals, two blocks last night. He played 39 minutes. His second highest number on the Knicks. Uh, I needed your guy, Dante DiVincenzo, to play. I don't think he even got off the bench in the second half. Too bad. And uh, is Hartenstein a guy that we should be looking at picking up? Well, you know, when he played with the Clippers, they understood who he was, a playmaking big. I mean, that guy would get five assists and eight boards in 19 minutes with the Clippers. But Tom Thibodeau has a different idea about what a big man is on his team. So he's not going to put uh, Hartenstein at the high post to distribute. That's not his role. And that game last night, to me, was a little bit of an anomaly. Um, Hartenstein's a great player, but I don't think on this team with this coach, he's going to be that big a factor. I mean, he starts Jericho Sims over him sometimes. I mean, that'll tell you. I mean, Thibodeau's got to be one of the most difficult guys to wrap your head around i mean he had quentin grimes in his starting lineup until yesterday are you kidding me how does julius randall do it dude i i, I don't understand how he hasn't taken I, I i i don't know man i don't know how he does it uh underdog fantasy is the number one platform for nba best ball and dfs player pick em contests if you haven't tried underdog yet new underdog receipt users receive a first-time deposit bonus up to a hundred dollars and a free six-month subscription to Rotowire with promo code RWNBA. That's promo code RWNBA. Visit underdogfantasy.com or download the Underdog app today and use promo code RWNBA to claim your free Rotowire subscription and deposit bonus. Mark, have you played any uh, Underdog? I have not played any Underdog. You know what? I feel like... If I did daily fantasy, that would be the end for me. Yeah. I just can't. I can't imagine making the micro decisions on a daily basis of that. I'm sorry. Well, I'm, I'm not made for that. The thing I love about Underdog is you can you can put like $20 in your account. You can bet $1 and pick a five-leg parlay of just over-unders for guys scoring points or getting a triple-double. And if it hits, you you win a hundred dollars, and you only spent one dollar for a hundred dollars worth of entertainment. Like it's just, it's so fun. I love it. Uh all right. I got a segment here called Panic Meter. Like, are there any NBA players that are scaring us right now? I'll, I'll kick it off. Wembenyama gonna miss his second game tonight. Is Pop gonna start sitting this guy one out of every four games? Thoughts? I would say absolutely not. I mean, Pop knows that Wembenyama is the future. He's not going to get better by sitting on the bench. There's no point. They're not tanking for Wembenyama. They've done that already. <laughs> Fast forward to 2023. They've already tanked for Wembenyama. There's no need to do it again this year. Uh, a lot of teams, not just the Spurs. Nobody yeah. has any excuses. Yeah. Uh, can you help any of us understand how bad of a fit Jordan Poole is in Washington? So the new guy in my league drafted Jordan Poole in the first round. 
<laughs> last pick, 16th. And I saw him. I, I didn't know this guy. He's a friend of a friend. I met him at a wedding. And he's like, hey, I got Jordan Poole. He says, you know, I, uh, I went with the ESPN scoring system in your league, and Jordan Poole was the guy to take there. I said, well, I said, be careful. Jordan Poole is not who you think he is. He could really screw this up. And the guy looked at me like, wow, what a weird thing to say at a wedding. But no, Jordan Poole will <laughs> screw it up. I mean, I'm not going to be the guy to defend Draymond Green for punching Jordan Poole in the face. Did a lot more damage to Draymond than to Jordan Poole. But there's a reason why Jordan Poole gets... <laughs> you notice it wasn't Clay Thompson or, or Kevon Looney that got smacked in the face. It was Jordan Poole. And now he's the Washington Wizards featured player. Good luck with that. Well, and Tyus Jones has not been very good either. He's been a little bit better lately. But neither one of those guys, like I thought both of those guys were going to go to Washington and kind of go off. And, you know, I thought Jordan Poole was going to score a ton of points just because he's so undisciplined. He, and he just He's going to go out there and shoot. It'd be like if Cam Thomas went to Washington or Detroit. Like, oh, he's going to lead the league in scoring. But it just hasn't worked out that way because I think – Jordan Poole is not only undisciplined, but he's also sort of in his own head. Like he, he can't get out of his own way. I don't. I don't know. But he's been a fantasy disaster, and I, it's it's going to get to the point where people are actually possibly dropping him at some point this season if he doesn't get it turned around. Well, you know, the guy who drafted him put him on the trade block on the league page, and I thought about it, and I said, well, what would I offer? for Jordan Poole. I really don't know if I would part with a valuable guy for Jordan Poole. And even when Draymond was healthy and I had him, I didn't think I would trade Draymond for Jordan Poole at that point. I have an idea, Mark. I have a I have a three-quarters eaten bag of Lay's potato chips here. Would you give that up for Jordan Poole? I would give that and another one of Snickers Jordan. <laughs> um, are the Rockets too deep for fantasy? Are are they playing too many guys for anyone other than Alperin Shengun to catch fire and and do anything good? Because I feel like they are. I feel like one night it's Fred VanVleet, one night it's Shengun, one night it's uh, Jalen Green. It's like it. It's we saw. Tari Eason get hot for about four games in a row. And now Tari Eason played, well, he was decent last night. I think he had like 14 points and eight boards. I needed a double-double out of him, but whatever. Uh, I'm just worried about them having en enough minutes to go around. Well, let me give you some facts. Last three games, Tari Eason's minutes have gone from 23 to 30 to 33. Jabari Smith's minutes, the last two, have gone down from 28 to 23. Now, I know Jabari Smith's your number one pig. You got to feature him. But you know what? He just doesn't do that much. I mean, you want Tari Eason as your finisher in your lineup. And I think knowing Udoka and what he values, 
Tari Eason fills that bill. I mean, he actually ran a play for Tari Eason ATO with four minutes left. They come out and Eason does a pierce cut under the hoop and Shingun lobs one to him. I mean, that was out of the timeout. And the, the broadcast crew was stunned. But I've not been that familiar with Eason because I don't watch the Rockets a lot, but I picked him up and I've started watching the Rockets a lot. And I'm in love. You thought I liked Caleb Martin. <laughs> I really love Tari Eason. And I think you he's not going to be a guy you can take off the court. You know, I mean, Jalen Green is really an overrated player. I mean, he's not a great shooter. He hasn't advanced. His points per game have gone from 22 last year to 17. He doesn't shoot for a high percentage. He doesn't dish the ball. He's not a rebounder. I mean, would you rather have Tari Eason on the floor in those critical minutes against Cleveland in overtime or Jabari Smith and Jalen Green? Yeah, and we've been, you know, we've been talking about Eason a lot on this podcast, Rick and I, on Thursdays and, and also here. And Eason's coming on, man. And um, he's available, yep. Mark, in – he's rostered in 14.9% of ESPN leagues. Bad. So Eason's sitting out there. I think I, I think it's time to time to pick him up. I was worried last night. I looked at him. I had him, I had him getting me a double double in underdog. It didn't happen, and he was only like seventeen minutes when I looked. Right. The third quarter, I was like, that's not good. But then by the end, he almost had the double double, and his minutes were were back to normal. So um, I think Eason is Eason's arrow is pointing up i think you're right jabari smith's arrow might be pointing down a little bit now this week the rest of this week houston plays there you have a four game week and christmas week like everybody else they have a three game week some teams play four some some teams play two but then they go four 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 after that and that may be when tari eason really launches into orbit fantasy wise so good time to think about grabbing Tori Eason. Do you have any guys that you're pressing the panic meter on, panic button on, Mark? Well, you know, I want to talk to you about Draymond because I picked him in a – I kind of panicked, because, and I don't usually do this, but I noticed on my team I didn't have a center. And I it was like the eighth, ninth round. And I was like, oh, my God. There's only one center on this board that I would take, and it's Draymond. So Kaminga, who was one of my main targets at that moment, I said, I'll get him later. He's ranked so low. I took Draymond, and I was sick about it. Kaminga was the next pick, and I couldn't wow. sleep that night. But my point is, I've watched Draymond play, and the product on the court this year, I would say he's been the second best player on the Warriors. Curry, obviously, and then Draymond. He, Clay has not done a whole lot until recently. Wiggins has been horrible. And you know what you're going to get from Looney. But now he's sitting there for weeks. And everybody, you know, guys like you are saying, hey, you got to drop Draymond immediately. And I know that. But you know what? In a deep league like mine, 16-team league, if you drop Draymond Green, he will be snatched on a waiver claim immediately. And someone else who has lousy players – on their bench, like three of them, is going to wait, wait it out. So I think that's the one thing. 
I don't see, I, I might have to drop him if my team can't, you know, stay healthy, but I don't think he's an automatic drop right now in a deep league. Not in, not in a 16 team league. No, you're right. Um, because you know your league and you yeah. know, you know how many centers you have to start and you know how many centers are out there. And like every league is different. Now, in my 12 team league, where I don't want to have Draymond Green to begin with, if I'm somehow holding on to him and he gets kicked out of the league for a month, I'm going to have no qualms with dropping him and picking somebody else up. There's decent players out there, but 16 teams is, is no joke. That, that's an extra, what, 48 players compared to what a 12-team league has. And that's that's a lot of guys. And you take those 48 players sitting out there in 12-team leagues uh, at the you know the best 48 on the wire and take them out of there, you're left with a bunch of nothing. Right. So it is, it is a big deal. It's not automatic. Nobody's automatic drop if you're in a 16-team league. You got you to gotta look at it. So, um. Get off my lawn. This is where old guys like you and I sit around and complain about the good old days. A couple of things I'm getting. I want the kids off my lawn about. Uh, there are no NBA games again this coming Sunday, Mark. It's the third Sunday out of the last four with no NBA action. I don't remember this ever happening before. I think the in-season tournament had something to do with it. Um, Christmas Eve has something to do with it. Which I get that Christmas Eve, it usually we don't play on that Sunday if it falls on Sunday. But I need my Sunday hoops. That's the last day of the week. That's when that's when your team made the most epic comeback of all time against your son. Had that day not been there, who knows what would have happened? So I am not okay with not playing on Sundays. Well, you know, I've had to. We have a games maximum games cap in our league, and it's really served us well. But ESPN tells you how many games that cap is based on how many days they play each week. And when they play five days a week, the cap goes way down. But the problem with it for me has been sometimes there's a normal number of games. This week is a good example of it. There's a normal number of NBA games for this week, even though there are no games on Christmas Eve. So we have to go against the ESPN box score and tell the whole league every week how many games they can start. So that's been the only issue for me is the confusion. Um, and then my dad, my dad put something on Facebook the other day about LeBron James is washed up. We don't like you anyway. I think is what it said. It was it, like he just copied and pasted it from some other old guy's Facebook page. And I was like, this is the most idiotic thing I've ever heard of in my life. Like LeBron James just won the in-season tournament. He's the best 40-year-old guy to ever play basketball. He's still in his prime. Like he may be a lot of things, but he's not washed up. And then my dad came back at me and he's like, Well, I'm just mad he didn't stand up for the anthem. I'm like, well, he walked in the arena while the anthem was playing. You tell me you know I'm not gonna get into all of that. But I, I just that's a little shout out to my dad. Like, come on, get off my lawn and leave LeBron alone for a second. Uh, you got any old guy rants you need to go on? Um, I just really, I'm a happy guy, doc. You know that <laughs> I don't, I don't have any problems with anything anymore. Nothing. Why no problems. I? Not a worry in the world. Nah. Uh, 
My underdog bad beat last night was DiVincenzo playing 19 minutes. I already said that, though. I, I don't know why he didn't get in the second half. Tom Thibodeau, man. Tom Thibodeau is something else. He is. You talk about a guy who isn't happy all the time, like you and me. Like he's always over there, his arms are crossed, his hair's a mess. He's screaming at Julius Randle constantly. I, I don't know how those guys do it. He's actually a very cool dude. <laughs> I mean, he if I, if you said to me, who is the one person that we know of in sports who is very different from what they appear to be, that would be my pick. That guy has a heart of gold. He's very kind. He's gentle. He cares about you. He's different. I mean, on the court, he looks like just this ranting, you know, angry, get off my lawn guy like you're talking about. But he's not that. Um, Keegan Murray. The guy, hot players I'm excited about. Keegan Murray's 11 straight triples the other night was pretty fun. Yeah. Do you have Keegan Murray? I don't. I would have loved to have him. You know, I thought he would really break out this year, which he hasn't until the other night. Um, my guys are, other than the ones we talked about, I'll tell you a guy who was traded in my league, and I think it was a big mistake. The guy who helped me win that Sunday against my son, Austin Reeves. I mean, come on. That guy, LeBron has full confidence in him. The last six games, he's averaging just under 20 points, six dimes, and five rebounds. I mean, come on. That's better than Jalen Brown is giving you. And he draws contact. He's aggressive. He plays the right way. Like I, I love Austin Reeves. And I think LeBron and AD love Austin Reeves too. And I think LA loves Austin Reeves. Like he's a great fit for that team. The problem is Darvin Ham started Cam Reddish over him the other night and they lost. Maybe he won't make that mistake again. Uh yeah, I like I like Reeves too. You got anybody else? Um anybody else on your list? Are you good? Well, you know, other than Tari Eason and Caleb Martin, I love Pajemski. And um, I think he's really a very fine basketball player. I love how he finds the ball off the rim. I love the passes he makes. He's not scared of anybody or anything. And I think the Kerr is really lucky to have that guy. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Pajemski plays for the Warriors. And, I mean, he's available in a ton of leagues. I get a lot of – I still get a lot of uh, – a lot of questions, you know, should I, should I pick up Zach Collins or should I pick up this guy? And, I'll, and my first question nowadays is, is Podjemski available? Because yeah. I think that's the guy you got to pick up because with Draymond out, Podjemski, Dario Saric, and Kuminga, some combo of those three, but Podjemski's the, the hustle guy. He's the he's the both ends of the court guy. He's the my coach loves me guy. Um, so I'm with you on that. Another side note: Malik Monk available in a ton of leagues. Has at least five assists in uh, seven straight games, and he scored in double figures in six of those. So I think Malik Monk is a guy that is worth looking at in every format right now. Um, Mark, my underdog bet for tonight. I'm going with. Zach Collins to get a double double because no Wembenyama. Okay, I see that. Those are tricky though, man. Those those scrub double doubles will will get you. Um, Brandon Ingram, who's been scoring at will lately, 
only needs over 21.5 against Memphis. I like that. Big. I'm going John ja Morant over 24.5. And then I'm going Zion over 22.5. Ironically, a bunch of those guys you just got done talking about earlier in the show. That's my underdog. Four to, four to hit for 50 bucks. Wow. For a dollar. Now you're going to get sucked in. I can feel it. I'm just listening to you. I have no inclination to do it. <laughs> um, all right, Mark. Well, it has been fantastic having you on. Oh, I do want to say click on subscribe and like and all that stuff that helps us out. Um, if you want to try RotoWire for free, you can do so at rotowire.com slash try. I think I made it through this entire podcast without saying the other Roto word, um, which is still a struggle for me, but I'm getting better. And Mark, it was awesome having you on. Uh, miss you, miss watching you and having you send me your bits before they came out uh, when you were at ESPN. And it, it, we, we got to get back in a league together, man. Get me back in the hoops league next year. We should. I'll pull you into mine. As soon as someone leaves me in the lurch, I'm going for the doc. All right, and then we'll also uh, we need to go see a show together sometime. Some sort, some sort of music thing. We'll do that too. Absolutely. All right, everybody. I'll be back on Thursday with Rick Kamla, and I'm also involved in a potathon that day. For those of us who got ripped off by the Sportstopia guy, if you haven't checked that out, check out my Twitter. Read about that and come see us potting for 24 hours on Thursday. For Mark, I'm Doc. See you Tuesday. See you Thursday.